Cool. All right. Guys, so we've been looking at all these P's, all these aspects of our life, and uh, we're coming to this last uh, month where we're looking at plots, the stories we believe, the stories we tell, and the stories we are told about God, about ourselves, and about other people. And we uh, live out of the stories that we believe. We actually only live out of the story we believe. And so if you believe a certain story about God, or you believe a certain story about your spouse, or you believe a certain story about your children, or your friends, or uh, the people um, that you come into contact with every day, then you will act and respond to them in certain ways. You will act accordingly, story that you believe. Uh, Shakespeare understood this, and he wrote a play called Much Ado About Nothing. Has anyone seen that play or that movie? Um, Much Ado About Nothing, quick overview here. Claudio is the main character, and Claudio is a very handsome man. And he falls in love with a very beautiful woman, and they become engaged to be married. And they are just smitten with each other. Their wedding day is approaching, and there is a man that is jealous of their love. His name is Don John. And he's so jealous, he wants to destroy and rip apart this relationship. And so he begins to whisper in Claudio's ear a story about Hero is the woman's name, Hero. He says, Hero is unfaithful. Hero's heart is untrue. She doesn't love you anymore. She loves someone else. And at first, Claudio is able to resist the story, but it begins to take root in his heart. He starts to believe this story about the woman that he loves, and it begins to impact how he sees Hero and how he sees the world and sees the relationship she's in. And one day, when this story is starting to take root, Don John brings Claudio on purpose. He sets this up. He brings him by an open window. And he shows them this man and woman embraced, right, in love. And he says, there she is. There she is. Look it. She's unfaithful. It wasn't her. It wasn't her. But through the lens of the story and the believing the story that Don John had weaved for him over these weeks and months, he saw through the lens of that story. And he said, that is hero. I've caught her in the act. She's unfaithful. And he hid it from her that he saw that, although it wasn't her, but he thought it was her. And he kept it from her and he began to plot, how am I going to get even with Hero and destroy her and destroy her reputation? And so he held it until their wedding day and they get to the altar and she shares her vows. And the priest says, do you, do you want to make your vows to Hero? And it's at that point he accuses her and, and calls her out and says, you have been unfaithful and calls her names and humiliates her. And in, in horror, she is so terrified by this and so horrified, she just falls and faints and everyone thinks she's dead. And then the movie goes on, but we won't get to that point. The point here is the stories we believe we begin to live out of. The stories we believe begin to shape how we see reality. And if it's a false story, 
We can live false lives. We can do damage out of the stories that we believe, the stories we believe about God, about others, about ourselves. This week in your house churches, you talked about some of the stories that you may believe. We, we looked at three major stories that church tradition has, has identified as core uh, human identities, false identities. We believe some of us, all of us at one point or another, sometimes all three at once, believe these lies. I am what I have. I am what I have. I am the sum total of what I possess, right? I am what other people think about me. If whatever people think about me, that's my value, that's my identity. Or I am what I do. I find I, my identity is tied to my accomplishments to my, or to my lack of accomplishment. I feel good or bad about myself based upon what I do. And there's other ways to frame these identities, but those are three lies we can believe. I tend to major on this false identity, this false story. I live out of, I am what people think of me. So be careful with me, guys. Come on. <laughs> I contend to believe, and I shared this in the little uh, reflection sheet, right? I was very vulnerable and transparent with you guys. But I said, I tend to believe the lie that I'm only as good as the positive feedback I receive. I'm only as good as the positive feedback I receive. And I'm as bad as the negative feedback I receive. And so I go like this, right? And, it, and, it, and it's painful. And so what this does, if I live in, in times when I'm living out of this false story, what it does is not only is it just uh, really unpleasant to live in that place, but also it, it doesn't, I'm not able to truly love the person before me because I want John's approval. And so I will try to get that from him. I'm, you, I'm trying to get that something from him that I need rather than being fully free to love him where he is, right? Um, I, I, I'm not free to love fully and be present to people in love when I'm trying to get something from them, when I'm trying to get approval, when I'm trying to get positive feedback. This impacts um, my marriage, right? It's like I come home after tonight, tonight's sermon and I'll be like, so, you know, like, what do you think? Like, I mean, and she'll probably, like, maybe sometimes it goes like, um, like, no response or like, it was all right or I've heard better. And I'll be just like, oh, it hurts, you know? And so, but what happens is, and sometimes, you know, you'll just try to bait it, like, you know, because she's not, you know, giving you feedback. And so you're trying to, like, get it because I need it. This is my identity, man. I, I need it. I'm only as valuable as the positive feedback I receive. So I need some positive feedback. And I, in that state of mind, I'm not able to like be present to what Joanna's feeling, what Joanna's gone through throughout the day, what she, where she's at. And it, it, it inhibits my ability to love her. Right. So that's, that's an example. So that's, that's an example of living out of a false story and we live out of the stories we believe that I'm only as valuable as the feedback I get. And therefore, it impacts how I live my life. And we all have these stories. Some of us have stories that have told us we are not valuable. We are not worthy of, of love. Uh, we're, not, we're only as good as what we do. We're only worth uh, our successes. And if we fail, then we 
our failures, right? And, and it's connected to shame. We become full of shame. Now, I hope you can relate to this, and I hope you began last week to start to identify what kind of story you live out of. Um, what we are desperate for is to live out of the true story that God in his grace hands over to us. And that is the story of what we just sang about, an incredible, the powerful love that created the world to share in communion, loving communion and relationship with him. Like we exist to be in relationship with the all loving, powerful uh, creator of the universe. We exist and we are loved apart from anything we do, apart from any opinions that others have of us, apart from whether anyone on this, apart from anything that we have, right? Anything we possess, we are absolutely, unconditionally, fully, like, loved. We have all, I have all the affection. I have all the the feedback I need from my Heavenly Father. I don't need to get it from my wife. And when I can live out of that true story, when I can live out of God's love for me, I am then free to truly love other people. I'm free to love my wife. I'm free to love you all. I'm free because I'm not trying to get anything from you because I already got it. And I am free to be present to the people in my life can live out of this true story. So the world is desperate to be rooted in the true story of God's love, that you are a child of God, made in the image of God, made to flourish, made to, uh, to care and cultivate this good creation. You are all that Ephesians described, right, as we began. Maybe you can pop that back up if you don't mind. Uh, you are a household of God, the family of God. You are a children of God. You are no longer, he first starts talking about what we're not. You're not enemies, right? And just kind of click through that, Blanc, if you don't mind, just the verses. You were separated. You were alienated. But now in Christ, you've been brought near. You've been brought near to, to God, but also to one another, right? The hostility has been broken. And so scripture is full of identity statements. And, and I believe the good news of what we call the gospel, the good news of Jesus is that he is calling us back out. He's calling us out of the false stories we believe and into the one story, the true story of God's love and purposes for the world and for you as part of that world. And so Jesus represent, uh, lived this out, right? He knew he belonged to the Father and that he had all the affection he needed and all of the love he needed. And so he was free. He didn't need the Pharisees to like him. He didn't need the power they offered him. He didn't need the disciples to think he was cool, right? He he didn't need them to understand him and to, he wasn't wondering, did they really get it? Could I have used a better illustration? You know, you know, he was like fully, he didn't need that, had it in the Father. And so he was fully present to every person, every Pharisee, every enemy, he, every friend. 
he was fully present in love because he didn't, he had all he needed. He understood his identity, the true story that God um, loves him. He was able to live from the center of God's love. So my question for you is, is really this. I, I wanted to just continue this self-reflection. This, this week is just, just about you and this self-reflection. We come to terms, this whole series, first come to terms with where we are, what stories we believe. And then the next week, this Sunday, we'll be talking about the stories that are told in our neighborhood and how that can define communities. And we live out of false stories, right? Are we the war zone or the international district? It matters which story we believe, and we'll live out of it. First, are you a beloved child of God, or are you something else, right? Are you someone that needs the, the, the affection and good opinion of others? Are you, you need the accomplishments? Do you need stuff to feel secure? Do you need people's opinions to make you feel like you belong? Or are you rooted in God's love? That other stuff is nice. Those aren't bad things to desire. But we have to realize that Jesus is the only faithful and constant source of that stuff, right? And so the question is, what, what lie, what story do you believe about yourself? Maybe what story do you believe about God? Start paying attention. What story do I believe about my neighbor? What story do I believe? Um, I've shared this. Uh, I, tr- I often, Joanna makes fun of me because I try to like, you know, I'm assuming, I, I often joke like when our neighbors are doing crazy stuff, I'm like, well, maybe, you know, they have bad you know, sandwich, and it made their brain go like this, and, you know, it's not their fault, you know? She's like, no, they're just mean, you know, or whatever, but not, you're, you're, you're also understanding, sorry. But anyways, I think we just need to start checking our stories, right? Checking the stories that we assume about people or assume about our wife or our husband or about our friend or our neighbor. Uh, yeah, I could, I could tell lots of stories about that, but I'm just thinking about, you know, the person that cuts you off. Uh, I cut, actually, when I was coming uh, last Tuesday, when I was coming down to try to be with the Dumases in time, I'm kind of in a hurry, and I cut someone off. And um, I realized quickly that I've been, I got angry at me, and I've been angry at people that cut me off. But I know what I, the desperation I feel to get to this place and I'm not paying attention. What if I gave the same benefit of the doubt to people that were cutting me off? Like maybe there's a genuine like reason that they're not paying attention. And so just checking the stories, right, that we believe about each other and, and um, rooting ourselves in the story that God is speaking over us. So let me pray that for you. And we'll sing this one last song um, that we need God every hour. We need Jesus every hour. Every hour to challenge the stories we're believing, to give us the truth and the perspective that, that uh, we're desperate to, to know. God, I thank you for the story that you tell from, uh, from the beginning when you said, let there be light to uh, the words from the cross, it is finished, to come and be with me, I will return, right? Go and be my disciples. Proclaim good news to all nations. 
and I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. These are the true stories that you are with us, that you created us, that you love us, that you are coming again to raise the living and the dead. These are the stories that define and shape the way that we move in the world. And I pray that you would bring to light the false stories we believe, the false stories we live out of. Expose them, and Lord, in your mercy and your grace, transform them. And may we tell a different story than, than the world is telling. May we tell a story that is paved with peace and love and joy rather than violence and, and destruction and anger and bitterness and unforgiveness. May we tell a new story, the good story, that is based in who you are. In Jesus' name, amen.